and welcome to another episode of Monster Dear Monster. I am one of your hosts, Dave, and I am joined this week by Leonard. Hello. How's it going, Leonard? It's going pretty good. Uh, uh, had, uh, had, a, had a lovely break, had a lovely Thanksgiving, uh, um, and uh, it's good to be back so uh, we can talk about more monsters. Excellent. Yeah, same here. <laughs> it's been just. Did, it's been a time. Um, y- retail is fun, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> didn't burn the turkey. Didn't dry out the turkey. Uh, first Thanksgiving dinner was not a disaster, thus creating positive reinforcement for the future. Oh, excellent. Blah blah blah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ours went pretty well. Uh, I think we Good. we brined the turkey this year, so that's a first. And then decided to use um, maple bacon, like on top, as it was uh, cooking in the oven. Ah, uh, yes. That was like half a hit and half a miss. Um, ah. but the turkey then was maple flavored, so that didn't go over <laughs> as well with everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and all the leftovers were also maple flavored, so right. Oh well. That's neither here nor there. Um, yes, Cameron. Cameron is is sleepy and busy, so he'll be rejoining us next episode, I believe. Yes. He 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 he, he exhausts himself speaking on the virtues of the uh, Emperor of Men. Uh, so. Oh, yes. We, we 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 must let him rest on his own golden throne, so that <laughs> so that he rise again. <laughs> yep. When he's, when he's summoned from his sleep chamber <laughs> to do battle against the enemies of or the I guess not the enemies of the void, the, the beasties of the void. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Good old Warhammer. Yep. Um, All right, so we're not here yes, to talk we're, about Warhammer. No, we're not. Uh, maybe nope. some other time. Uh, what are we going to look at this week? We are looking at the second half of the Netflix limited run series, The Haunting of Hill House. Uh, those of you familiar with the show know that we. Uh, Talked about the first five episodes a few weeks back, and now we're here to wrap up the series. Yes, and through the magics of time dilation, this episode will appear directly after the other one. Exactly. Uh, Which is good. It's got some kind of continuity there. Time is linear in our case. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Although it doesn't really (laughs) have... It doesn't really have to be, but... No, I mean... it's easier if it is. I have magic powers. I can make this appear <laughs> whenever I want. <laughs> yeah, well, this is true. That's yes, the 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 uh, <laughs> sufficiently advanced technology. Blah 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 blah. Is blah. it science or magic? It's both. At least that's what the first Thor movie was really resting on before the MCU decided that magic was okay. Magic is sometimes okay. <laughs> anyway, 
I guess that uh, that doesn't even segue us in. We're just we're we're doing yeah. yokai of the week now. That's our segue. Hey, yokai's yokai's <laughs> are magic. Yokai's um, are are for the most part mostly a lot of them are magic. They're less science. I don't. I can't think of any science ones. Science you're, with you're, yokai. You're, you're, you're killing the spit, Dave. <laughs> you killed the spit. I murdered it. Sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Alright. Yokai <coughs> of the week. Oh my. Well, I do believe that we are looking at the uh O's. We've 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 uh hit the O's in the alphabet. So, uh out of all of the Yokai starting with O's. Dave, roll those dice and tell us who we're looking at. Fifteen. That is the uh, Onibi. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I'll let you read the info. <laughs> yep. Onibi is a type of atmospheric ghost light. That's a great band name. Uh, in Legends of Japan, according to folklore, they are the spirits born from the corpses of humans and animals, uh, and are also said to be resentful of people that have become fire. Wait. This should be like a comma or something in there. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Because the way it reads is, and are also said to be resentful people that have become fire and appear. Same. Also, Same. <laughs> also, sometimes the words will-o'-wisp or jack-o'-lantern are translated into Japanese as onabi. And then there's a, a an illustration of an onabi. Um, I think it's a uh, bunch of them. Yeah, it uh, looks like one Maybe. of them is is being shattered into pieces by hail, <laughs> and the other one is just kind of floating by. But yes, I can also see how it could possibly be multiple. But I still like my interpretation. And they've better. set the ground on fire. <laughs> yep, I think. Uh, this is a bad system. And we, all these, oh man, atmospheric ghost light. I, yokai are great. They're, they're the best. <laughs> uh, am I also taking this next part? Go ahead. It looks, um, not ridiculous. You're good. Okay. <laughs> According to the Wakin, uh, Sanshi Zhu, Written in the Edo period, it was a blue light like a pine torchlight, and several Onabi would gather together, and humans who come close would have their spirits sucked out. Okay, so great. Not great. It's, yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's the really dark version of the teddy bear's picnic. Um, also, from the illustration in the same zoo, uh, it has been guessed to have a size from about two or three centimeters in, dia um, in diameter to about 20 or 30 centimeters and to float in the air about one or two meters from the ground. According to Yush uh, Yashu Mori 
Negisher? Yasumori Negishi. Ah, I almost had it. In the easy, in the essay, ooh, okay. Miki, mi, ah, Mimi Buku. Ro. Ro. Yep. The Mimi Buku Ro. There we go. From the Edo period, in chapter 10, Onabi no Koto, there was an anecdote. I, I love it. There was an anecdote about an Onabi that appeared above uh, Hakone Mountain and split that split into two and flew around, gathered together again, and furthermore split several times. Nowadays, People have advanced several theories about their appearance and features. That's, yeah, I like that. I like that as a, um, as a, as an ender. Mm-hmm. And, and now people have ideas about what these are. I'll, I'll take uh, over the next part for you. Okay. Appearance. They are generally blue, as stated previously, but there are some that are bluish white, red, and yellow. For their size, there are some as small as a candle flame, to ones about as large as a human, to some that even span several meters. Number. Sometimes there are only one. Uh, what, there are only. Sometimes only one or two of them appear, and also times when twenty to thirty uh, of them would appear at once, and even times when countless onibi would burn and disappear all night long. Times of frequent appearance. They usually appear from spring to summer. They often appear on days of rain. So, I guess maybe that's the picture. The woodcut. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> places of frequent appearance. They commonly appear in watery areas like wetlands, also in forests, prairies, and graveyards. And they often appear in places surrounded by natural features, but rarely they appear in towns as well. So they're just all over the shop. Heat. There are some that, when touched, do not feel hot like fire, but also some that would burn through things with heat like real fire. Okay. Sometimes there's one, sometimes there's 20, sometimes sometimes it's hot, sometimes there's (laughs) none, sometimes they're tiny, sometimes they're huge. All right, Dr. Seuss. (laughs) I, I really, I really just... I just kind of love that you're just like, well, it's an Onabi. I have absolutely no idea what variation of Onabi I'm getting. So uh, I, I'm just going to go around. Yeah, maybe people should have not advanced so many theories. <laughs> Can we just get one? Can we get one universal Onibi theory? That's not yeah, a bad name. right. Universal oh, Onibi theory. That's a, yeah. That's a, that is also another very good band name. You know, B is really good at spawning band names. <laughs> some are fire, some are not. <laughs> yep. This band is fire. Uh, uh, all right. Well, we're gonna we're not we're not really flipping the script. We're just moving from the depths of Wikipedia to. Um, I don't remember. Oh, the Night Parade of 100 Demons. I just forgot what book I was using. Uh, <laughs> Onibi. Translation. Demon fire. Habitat. Grasslands. Forests. Watersides. Graveyards. Diet. Life. Energy. The appearance. 
One of the more dangerous types of fireball yokai, onibi are a beautiful but deadly phenomenon. Their name means demon fire, and they certainly earn that moniker. They look like small balls of flame, usually blue or blue-white. Red and yellow onibi are less common. And well, just a parenthesis. And appear in groups of 20 to 30 orbs. The orbs can range in size from 3 to 30 centimeters and usually float around eye level. They appear in places surrounded by nature, most often during the spring and summer months, and particularly on rainy days. So, well, this is probably one of the primary sources for the Wikipedia article. Um, <laughs> Onibi are found all over Japan. In some areas, they manifest the faces and even the voices of the victims whose life force they have drained. That's useful information. Um, in Okinawa, yeah. Onibi are said to take the shape of a small bird. Interactions. Onibi do not create much heat, but the orbs possess a different danger. Living creatures that draw too close are swarmed by dozens of orbs. So, they're like the Langoliers. Uh, which yeah. drain away the life force from their victims. Soon, nothing is left but a dead husk on the ground. During the night, Onibi are often mistaken for distant lanterns, and people have vanished into the forest chasing after these phantom lights. Travelers should take care not to be led off their paths by, to their deaths by demon fire. Origin. Onibi are born out of the dead bodies of humans and animals. It is not known what causes Onibi to develop. Sometimes they appear and sometimes they do not. Intense grudges and malice are also able to create Onibi. They are considered to be identical to the will-o'-the-wisp of English folklore. And then this branches off into a few different types of onibi. I'm just, just going to read it. Uh, Hirotama. Um, so that's a fireball. Um, there are many different yokai which appear as glowing orbs of light. It is difficult to tell the difference between onibi, kodama, hirotama, kitsunibi, and many other kinds. Though similar in appearance, they have different origins and attributes. They are also different colors. Sorry, I added that in there. Yeah. Dragon Quest monsters. Um, some are mindless, <laughs> while others are intelligent. Some are harmless, while others are deadly. Despite their differences, all the fireball yokai are lumped together into one group called Hinotama, which literally means balls of fire. <laughs> and there's a little picture of a bunch of them above a little lake and in the rain. Um, well... It goes into, like, every single one of those uh, full <laughs> entries, so we'll not do that right now. I'll, I'll just do the brief um, Wikipedia version. Types of Onibi. Uh, well, that pretty much, I just listed those. <coughs> uh, Asobibi. This is the play fire. It is an Onibi that appears below the castle and above the sea in Kochi Kochi Prefecture and Mitani Mountain. One would think that it appeared very close, just for it to fly far away. And when one thinks that it has split apart several times, it would once again come all together. It is said to be of no particular harm to humans. Hopefully it's not also blue. Um, <laughs> Igebo. It is what Onibi are called in Watarai District, Mie Prefecture. Okay, thanks. Um, Inka. Shadowfire. It is an Onibi that would appear together with a ghost or yokai appears. So, 
Yeah. Um, these we see very commonly in um, popular culture. Yeah. And I guess that gives an explanation. Didn't know that those were separate from the general energy. Um, yeah, they're 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 yokai hype men. They're yeah. The, yeah. They they what's up, what's appear. Up? They get they appear and get they get get and get everyone ready. You better get ready for the yokai. Yo! They're they're they're, oh, they're, put, they're getting the stage ready for the band. That's real rough. That's really hard for me to deal with. <laughs> <laughs> Cameron's fault. He's not here. It is Cameron's fault. It is Cameron's fault. We never, we we and you viewers should never forget that every bad joke that's told when Cameron's not here is Cameron's fault. Yeah, he could have prevented it. He could have stopped it, but he didn't. (laughs) Anyway, Uh. uh. There's only a few more, so bear with us. <laughs> We're learning something. Um, yeah. Kazedama, the wind ball. It is an onibi of uh, Ibigawa Ibu, oh, Ibi District, Gifu Prefecture. In storms, it would appear as a spherical ball of fire, as opposed to like a cube. I don't know. Um, it would be about as big as a personal tray, and it gives off bright light. In the typhoon of Meiji Year 30, 1897, this kazedama appeared from the mountain and floated in the air several times. So I wonder if it's like a harbinger. Yeah, like an that's what omen it sounds like. spirit. Yeah, that's actually... Hmm. I, yeah. <laughs> uh, Sarakazoe, the count plate. Um, in an onibi that appeared in the Konjaku Gazu Zokuhyaki, our favorite <laughs> book, uh, by Seki and Toriyama. Actually, it's a good book, but it, it's, it appears too often. Um, in the Bancho Sarayashiki, known from ghost stories, Ik- uh, Ikiku's spirit became appeared as an Inca, the shadow fire, from the well, and was depicted as counting plates. Hmm. Okay. That? Well, I mean, there's... Um, that's like the yokai that has to count beans. Mm-hmm. So maybe this one has to count plates. Oh, see, I interpreted that as it was literally like depicted as as like a series of counting plates. No, I this thought is the counting guy... plates were a thing. So yeah, I'm thinking the sarakazoe oh. is a like a a verb. Okay. Well, that's disappointing because I was like, "Hey, wait a minute! That kind of the well and and the plates that reminds me of that boss from uh, um, oh god, Monster Monster Bash was that the old NES game, the really weird one, Monster Party? Oh yeah, there was the one, there was the one boss that was just the old Japanese well that spat plates at you. I was like, it could be the same thing. (laughs) Maybe the fireball is just chilling in the well." Hucking the plates that they already counted. I really, I really want that to be the case. That would make me really happy. <laughs> I was totally well. Yeah, it's too late now. I was gonna do a joke. <laughs> I'll just let it go. Um, Solgenbu, 
the religion source fire. Uh, mm. It was an onibi in Kyoto in Sekien Toyama's Gazushaki-ajo. Uh, <laughs> it was stated to be a monk who once stole from the Jizodo uh, in Nibudera. Um, Jizodo is like where the little stone statues are. Um, mm-hmm. Who received the Buddhist punishment and became an onibi. And the anguished face of the priest would float inside the fire. We see this often in um, films and Games. Yes. Uh, the name also appeared in the Shinto Tokiji Boko, uh, a collection of ghost stories from the Edo period. Uh, Kitaba, an onibi from the Okinawa prefecture. It ordinarily it ordinarily lives in the kitchen behind the charcoal extinguisher, but it is said to become bird-like shape, a bird-like shape, and fly around and make things catch on fire. Great. 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 It's a, I love that. Flying it, calcifer. It, 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 took, it, took us, it took us six entries until we got to an Onabi, a ball of fire that actually set things on fire. I'm... <laughs> uh... Oh, here we go. Uh, Watare Bishaku, the transversing ladle. An Onibi from Chi village. <laughs> Kitekuwada District, Kyoto Prefecture. Um, it appears in mountain villages, and it is a bluish-white ball of fire that lightly floats in the air. It is said to have an appearance like a hishaku, which is a ladle. But it is not that it actually looks like a ladle tool, but rather that it appeared to be pulling a long and thin tail, which was compared to a ladle as a metaphor. So, it's a fireball with a tail. Oh, great. Okay. But maybe it doesn't catch things on fire. We don't know. Who yes, knows? But it does float lightly. It does float. He's a he's a light boy. Uh, and 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 also transversing ladle is another fantastic band name. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of like a religion source fire. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's that's pretty good too. Or actually. even count plate. You can just count, pretend it's like count. a count. Uh, can it can it be a a plate themed vampire named Count Plate? Yeah, that's what I was gonna do, and I just I had to let it go. <laughs> <laughs> I will do this bad just joke. Thank you it. very much. It's from the well. <laughs> Fucking plates at you. Oh, One no. plate. Kitsunebi, uh, fox fire. It is a mysterious fire. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it! Uh, it was it was good for a second there. It is a mysterious fire that has created various legends. There is the theory that a bone the fox is holding in its mouth is glowing. Kimimori Sarashina, <laughs> excuse me, from Michi explained as it as a refraction of light that occurs near riverbeds. Sometimes kitsunebi are considered a type of onibi, which you've done for this article. So thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, there's a huge, like, ten paragraph thing after that where we're not going to do that. Yeah, I'm, Th- I'm this, seeing this something has about been, <laughs> yeah, this has been the of animals only, and, yeah. There's, it's huge. Um, feel free to look at that at your ledger. Um, yep. There's a lot going on for a simple fireball. 
so that you might educate yourselves on one of the many, many flame-based yokai of Japan. Which may or may be many, may be few, may be big, may be small, may be hot, may be cold. Oh, man, I is love Is it science this. or is it magic? <laughs> it's the Onibi. It's, no. the, it's the Onibi. <laughs> it's, it's the transversing ladle. That's such a good name. <laughs> it's such a really good name. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, but enough about amusing ghosts. We have to get back we have to, get to, to the depressing ones. We have to get back to the ghosts that cause horrible family and emotional trauma. Yes. We're talking about Hill House again. <coughs> it is the haunting of Hill House. Dun, dun, dun. I'm not trying to. <laughs> so we finished off with episode five, the bent neck lady, and discovered that the bent neck lady was a time paradox. Yep. Uh, pre, uh, I I rewatched that again. I rewatched the ending of that last night, and I'm like, I I had the moment of, oh man, that's a predestination paradox, and then I immediately told myself, I'm like, this is a universe where ghosts are actually a thing. I am not going to give this show any flag for creating a predestination paradox because ghosts. So <laughs> that allowed me to stop thinking that way. Yeah, it's like, it's not great. I mean, it's great visually, but the concept is not. I don't know. It was bothering I, I, me, like for the rest of the episodes. You know what? It, I, it bothered me just a little, and then I was like, you know what? It's the, it's one of those weird, like, it's a, it's a ghost story. Like, it, there's, uh, there's a lot of leeway that I'm, I'm willing to give a ghost story. Especially when it's it's a ghost story that is centered around a haunted a haunted structure, because that always feels like that allows a ghost story to do really weird stuff with time and space, and kind of be able to play it off. Um, it's, and yeah, I it's get, fine oh. because it uh, affects everybody like similarly. Yeah, but it's just. It's rough. It's it's a rough to see, and it's not. Um, I don't know. I think it's because it's not fair, and it doesn't always have to be for these kind of. It's not a show. Uh, stories. Mm-hmm. This kind of tale doesn't have. I mean, I don't. I'm not looking for like a happy ending, but I think personally, I don't like when people are fated to do something and there's nothing you can do to like change it yeah i i i get it so i, I understand it was in, in that way i didn't care for it but i did like the way that they pulled it off like yeah it's visually entertaining right uh, while still being horrifying yep um but don't worry dave 
because you got you have your problem with that predestination paradox. Well, man, in one of the later episodes we'll be talking about today, I'm going to have my own big problem. And it's literally the only problem that I have with the entire series. But man, it's kind of a big one. All right. Well, let's see if episode six, Two Storms, has anything to do with that. Um... Not really a lot happened in this one, actually. No. Uh. Um. Yeah. The uh, the for for people that are going to watch who have watched the series or are going to watch the series, um, Two Storms is notable because it is a series. The entire episode is a series of uh, a long take, single shot long takes. Um. Uh, which is really pretty impressive uh because it features uh um it's uh doing the time skip again which you know like that's easy lot. to do yeah that's easy to do with editing but because they're doing um uh single shot long takes um all of the weird transitions between time periods is actually just taking place um due to characters moving between sets because it's set uh at uh the funeral father yes what uh what's the daughter who who is the funeral director's name i'm blanking um is it olivia uh no olivia's the mother okay so olivia's the mother but no nails dead um, it's not Theo. It's no, it's not Theo. The other one. I'm like trying to scan so fast. Yeah, it's not I'm, helping. I'm, I'm, surely, Cheryl. <laughs> there we it's go. Cheryl. There we go. Surely you can't uh, be serious. <laughs> um. So yeah, it's alternating between two two storms. Hence the title. Uh, one during uh, uh, at the funeral parlor mm -hmm. where the entire family's gathering for once for like the first time since uh, the incident because I don't think we've still they've still revealed what actually happened at Hill House. They don't until like the yet. last episode. Yeah, maybe um, the one before, but it's at the end. So no, it's the all... last episode. Yeah. Anyway. <clears throat> so they're all there gathered for Nell's funeral um and it keeps switching back between uh a uh a storm at uh hill house where um uh Nell goes missing and the family uh uh looks for her while there's also like a creature around um too that never that gets brought up again at, is it even seen? Because no. I don't even remember seeing. Okay, the good. kids talk I, about a dog thing. Okay, with glowing which eyes. is which is a weird which is a weird thing that is, thematic thing that keeps being brought up in in the series, even though the dog is or dogs are never actually seen, and that kind of is a weird like plot point that ultimately goes really it goes nowhere. nowhere. They don't even tell you like who's dog. I mean, 
I guess they could have been a dog from the hills, but there's nothing uh, when they do this short, um, I guess it was like a song that talked about what um, the, wow, I don't know his name, the owner of Hill House <laughs> originally. Oh, yes, um, um, I don't know his name. I'm just going to call him Walter tall, Hill the because it's man. the only name that I could, yes, yes. Who was not a tall man, as we will. No. I you ooh, yeah exactly. Well, anyway, so it doesn't talk about like where the dogs came from. They're just uh, atmospheric, mm-hmm. transversing dogs. <laughs> also, another good band name. Uh, um. uh yeah. So. Nell go Nell disappears, and they're frantically like searching the house, but uh, already Olivia has been like scattered. Is the word yeah. that they the Dudleys use, and it's I think um, it's very appropriate because that's what happens to people's ghosts when you die mm-hmm. is you're not like one ghost you're all over the place yeah uh and, and you appear as di- as different cu- types of ghosts like uh, uh you uh appear as like maitland style beetlejuice reference for those unaware maitland style just like normal people ghosts and then you get like your horror movie ghosts too but it's also the same person um it's it's kind of uh legitimately interesting conceptually of the person it's not not the oh their spirit is calm now and now they look like a normal person it's like nope you you've got like normal person ghost and like super horror movie ghost and they're both the same person but they have different like traits and that's actually kind of a thing that that manifests at the end of the uh, at the end of episode 5 the bitnet lady because um really the bitneck lady Nell's Nell's first appearance to little Nell. She ends up looking like that horrible, terrible, frightening ghost that we're all very familiar yeah. with. And I think another interesting point is even the appearance of the ghost isn't set. I think by the ghost, it's set by the viewer. The, not not mm-hmm. us, the, um, the person encountering the ghost, because it's, right. the ghost is either formed by or formed to the, um, it's not expectations, it's not the word I want, it's um, the experiences, maybe, mm-hmm. uh, of the person that's encountering the ghost. So what... Because they may not be expecting to see a ghost at all, so it's not their expectations. Uh, it's, right. It's their subconscious. It's something about them that creates the form of Ghosty the Destroyer. Uh, <laughs> 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 the, the form of the ghost that they encounter. Right. And that's doubly so for Nell versus her ghost self. Because right. 
in the moment when she dies and becomes the bent neck lady, uh, she's not. She's scared herself. She's not trying to be scary. She's right, exactly collapsing backwards through time, and because of her own fear, that I think is what is manifest against the you know the child Nell. Mm-hmm. Or you know, it's not even a child. It's it's Nell herself just going backwards in time because it's not. She doesn't encounter herself merely as a child. It's throughout her life, right? Um, and that is probably the more interesting, or one of the most interesting aspects of these ghosts is that they're formed uh, by themselves, but by what people fear or want or it's a ball of like emotions because the ghosts don't have any right because of the house has like eaten them away that's how i read it yeah exactly ghosts are empty yeah maybe they're stuck with like one emotion the ghosts are one uh it could be that each of their pieces like the ghosts you encounter are one single single emotion so i guess it's sort of buddhist you're just right. broken into your component um, selves, right? Yeah, that would make yes, that would make sense with with the with the the ever shifting appearances of the ghosts um, uh, throughout the rest of the show, and um, there's also a bit of the the house because the once again the house is really the big player it's it's the house is like the containment unit from ghostbusters but without any regulations <laughs> there's uh, there's uh just kind of like the spirits tied to a building manifesting different component parts of themselves perhaps manifest being manifested that way by the the house itself like what the house is willing to let go or at least let out yeah because you don't escape hill house right it's eating you right um but back to two storms yeah not a lot happens in this episode except for a lot of family drama um because you know they everybody kind of just hates each other because they all had to deal with this really horrible traumatic event that nobody (laughs) that's so horrible and traumatic that nobody ever actually says what it is until the last episode um uh and you know uh it's it's people being like super down on luke all the time um it's theo's drinking like constantly throughout the episode um because i think did we did we mention about theo uh theo's big breakdown when she touched nell's body because that's actually a big we mentioned that that happened and i don't think she talks about it this episode no but but it but we're is, seeing it, the aftermath of that, although right. we don't know it at the time. Um, but um, yeah, this episode is just 
these people who were once family being strangers um and and watching Olivia kind of slowly uh, uh become influenced by the by the house um during this storm with it uh ultimately all culminating in um a blackout uh at the funeral parlor which um ends with shirley finding her husband whose name i can never remember and theo in a i want to say like a broom closet but it's more like a pantry or uh, something yeah, like, a like pantry, that like a little storage and it looks like Theo's about to kiss her husband, so there's drama there. Um, I think in the past, a chandelier drops, and everybody rushes in, and suddenly there's Nell, and Nell says, I've been here the entire time, but you couldn't hear me, and I was screaming at all of you, and you, you, you acted like you couldn't see me, juxtaposed with Nell's casket falling over, um to uh, the reveal of Nell's ghosts having been there the entire time watching her family splinter apart before her service. And, and screaming. That, yes, and screaming, yeah. which is what, what Nell's angry ghost seems to do a lot throughout the, the rest of the series. She doesn't really have an angry ghost. I think her ghost is just sad. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, that was um, that was the second of the disturbing concepts dealing with Nell's uh, fate, I guess, as it were. Yeah, because um, that that's really rough. I mean, <laughs> she's not yeah. like bound to the house. She's she's out there bound to her family, right? And um, bound to a fate where they don't get to really see her mm -hmm. at least not in in full it's always in splintered like glimpses right that could get them killed because it's like usually under like not great circumstances <laughs> yeah so yeah so i think that that ties in with emotional state um allowing you to experience this like paranormal event mm -hmm. so not only are the ghosts like raw single emotions theoretically uh but you may have to be tuned into that emotion or feeling something equally strongly uh to mm -hmm. to experience it because anytime right. they've seen them it's never been like a, just a quiet moment chilling it's something's happened bothered the person and then they encounter the ghost right i think there may have been one time when it no yeah every single time because i was gonna say when um S steve when steve first sees nell in his apartment like mm -hmm. back in i think it's episode one uh, he had just encountered Luke, who yeah. had stolen from him. So he wasn't in a good headspace then either. Not that he really ever is, but 
that was a right. I think that had shaken him up, and then he sees her ghost. Right. So that was the one time where someone could have been calm, but I, I'm pretty sure he was not. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it, you know, it, and you know, it can also be because of the 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 quote unquote the twin thing. Um, that Nell's ghost just kind of naturally gravitates towards Luke, and it was a weird, like, after image of his leaving. Um, yeah. It, yeah, it's, it, there's a lot of room for various interpretations as to, to, to how and why's in this show, which, you know, is really great conversation. It's, it's good, because they did not try to explain it. It just is. There's, Right. There's a spooky house, and it makes ghosts. Yeah, and it keeps ghosts. And it and, keeps them. And, and occasionally lets them out and draws them. people to it. Yeah. Yeah. It works. It works really well. Um, that's <coughs> pretty much too soon, so I think we can move yep. to episode seven, Eulogy. And I have to read the synopsis because I don't remember. I watched these all in one go or two, two, <laughs> two sprints. Uh, okay, this is where Hugh, um, they're doing the remodeling for uh, Hill House because they're trying to flip it. And mm-hmm. he finds out that there is a, um, no, they're assessing the damage after the storm that had passed. And right. in doing so, they find out that there is black mold um, infesting the three levels of the house in a weird mm-hmm. uh, way, like an unnatural mold growth. Yes. Um, yes, because there appears to be constant water damage occurring even after the storm. And it had to have been they- previous to the storm. Right. Uh, yes, with the amount of mold that it, the amount of mold that they are encountering, it is impossible for this issue to have just manifested um, because of the storm. Um, hint, hint, haunted house. It the rules don't apply, so it's more than likely that there was absolutely no black mold <laughs> before the storm, <laughs> because you live in a haunted house. Um, yeah. Oh, William Hill. Yeah, there we go. Bill Hill. Who 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 was crazy and whose wife was crazy um and they were certifiably crazy. They I believe they were both institutionalized and maybe met at the institution. Uh yeah, it um, could be. There's... They were really sparse on like the details of what actually happened with um the hills. The original hills, and yeah. One thing that... Now, I keep synopsizing the episode. I'm going to go look up something really fast. All right. Um, meanwhile, uh, so, uh, the black mold situation is occurring in the past, back into the far distant past of 1992, when I was 10, um, the, um, the, uh, in, in the present, uh, Hugh's trying to, uh, uh, is 
is attempting to to reconnect with his children, mainly Shirley, um, but he also keeps talking to himself in this really weird manner, which is revealed to be um, Hugh talking to Olivia and Olivia's mm, Olivia's ghost, uh, uh, and is uh, who seems to just constantly give him advice on what he should and should not be doing while dealing with uh, their children. But um, he he hasn't told this to his children because um, they all, uh, A, seem to hate his guts and, and B, would think that he was just crazy and probably wouldn't hesitate to institutionalize him. Um, but he does have better luck with Theo. Like, Shirley's like having none of it and Theo's kind of okay um and they 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 uh they make up with one another um and uh, back in the past there everybody's freaking out about the mold situation um they're trying to figure out where the source of this leak could could be um so they have uh, they have three floor plans but there's no master floor plan they're all separate I, um documents so uh as part of the renovation house flipping duo um Olivia's yeah. job i think is is architecturally related so she's able to yes. con- consolidate these plans into one master floor plan so they can um see where potentially the, the the leak is coming from without i guess needing to use um transparencies or some kind of projector to line up the documents i'm guessing right because yeah, this is because back in like 1992 so and and plus um because the uh, yes the the flo- the floor plans that they have don't match none of the floor pet plans have the basement that luke and theo found in uh, a previous episode, was that Touch? I believe that was Touch, yeah. episode three. That's where she the, yeah, finds the secret, the, the secret basement. bootlegging basement. <laughs> um, so, which is exactly what it was. Um, so, yeah, they they are trying to they are trying to renovate and flip this house, and they have absolutely no idea how what actual spaces and rooms that this house contains. Um, and also big, big mold, big problem, big dampness. Um, it's, it's a bad scene for them all around. And it's, it's starting to, to, uh, cause some friction between family members. Um, cause they, they, uh, uh, the, he, at least Hugh and Olivia, uh, assumed that this would be a big, a uh, big job. It would be a big job but a job that would ultimately set them up for the rest of their life so that they'd never have to do this again and now it all seems to just be falling apart yeah everything's taking more time more resources both um mentally and for them more importantly it's eating up their their funds like the job is supposed to give them this money and it's taking far more investment than um they wanted they had Mm -hmm. like an august 
Uh, so they got there in the summer and they had an August um, estimated termination time to like be able to sell the house. And right. that's looking like because of the mold uh, and the extent of the, ex- the extent of the damage, like potentially months past that into the spring, if not longer. Mm-hmm. So that's an effect. And then what I what I paused to go um, look up as I was just double checking the symptoms of um, black mold because the appearance of the ghosts like the original William Hill and the, the daughter and the wife, I think, mm-hmm. uh, could have been attributed to the house already being like infested with mold from the beginning. Right. And that's what we see, I think, with the Red Room as we eventually get to it. Right. Or it could just be a source of, like, the idea of the house being sick. Yeah, um, exactly. I think it's a couple. I don't think it's any one concrete thing. But the the illness and the things that mold can, that, that type of mold can cause... Uh, mm-hmm. are, I think, reflected a little bit in the ghosts that we find. So that could have, if not the source, it's a, certainly a potentially contributing factor to what had happened to the um, Hill family, at least yes. in how it ended. Because Mrs. Hill uh, is, is uh, her ghost is shown earlier um, in in the series as being bedrid- sick and bedridden uh, with, with a... a what is that like copper horn system yeah to the to the kitchen so it is entirely possible that yes they may have in fact uh, uh been suffering the effects of black mold and um were 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 also crazy because i dagnabbit i'm sticking to to this uh to this point that i think it was um uh, mrs dudley tells either the children or olivia at in during one episode that the hills were actually crazy um but rich and back then if you were i think she talks to luke not okay not luke i'm sorry steven okay right when he finds the um the little dresser in a yes Okay, okay, great. So either uh, she tells that... him directly or it flashbacks and we get, the audience gets that information. Uh-huh. That, that's the problem with this show jumping around quite as much as it does, is it it makes it harder to pin down um, the specific timeline of events or to remember exactly what happened in one episode and didn't happen in another. Because it does jump back, even within you know one of these episodes, back to events that happened giving context to um, earlier encounters, you know, throughout the series. Right. And it'll continue to do that, um, making it interesting, but also a little bit of a pain to uh, <laughs> go at this from, a like, a linear perspective. Yeah. Um, I'm sure some some enterprising YouTuber is, is doing, is making a video that is a chronological timeline of the Haunting of Hill House. That oh, yeah. enterprising YouTuber <laughs> is not me. I will not be doing that. Uh, I, I didn't even have time to go look for extra ghosts. I was like, I just gotta watch <laughs> ten episodes of uh, something um, that are an hour long a piece. Um. Oh yes. Uh. So. Uh. Um. Uh. 
oh right olivia allegedly draws up the master plans mm -hmm. mr dudley's like what the hell is that and he's like these are the master plans and uh hugh has a talk with olivia after mr dudley suggests that maybe she needs a little time away from the house because the master plans that she has drawn up are appear to be the the general outline structure of the building and completely filled in with um the heart of their forever home uh which was the the kitchen uh and the forever home is mentioned in a previous episode which was going to be the house that Hugh and Olivia were going to build for them and the children after selling Hill House so they would never have to flip another house ever again. Mm -hmm. And it seems like she's just overlaid and interlocked the 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 heart of of their forever home as the floor plans for Hill House. Yeah. I, that's not spooky. Correct. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> what she did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not not creepy or weird at all. No. And as we see through um, Olivia's like the degradation of herself, um, mm. she doesn't know that she's doing these things, or she attributes right. them to a dream. Um, right. And that just gets like progressively. It, it already starts out pretty bad in this episode because. Again, it's not a linear depiction of her of her descent into madness. It's um, it's, it skips around. So we're getting like moments of lucidity, and then it'll be really bad. But then, when you start putting the the timeline kind of together, even the t even the parts that were really bad occurred like early. Right. You know, she they're not in this house for very long, and. She like immediately, full bore was catching the effects of the house, and right. we do get a backstory um, on. It was mentioned earlier when she's talking to. Uh, oh, I think we know all these characters by now. Uh, <laughs> Is it Theo? Um, yes. So when she's talking to okay. Theo and and gives her the advice of the gloves from their yes. grandmother, I think. Uh, yeah. The manifestation of her uh, color color headaches storms color storms um, predisposed her to like catch the the full flack from this house. Mm -hmm. uh, go ahead. There, there's also a very it, you know it's not it's not brought up and it's never really in uh, explicitly stated. But it is heavily implied that, at least from Olivia's side of the family, that they are that she is psychic. She has a psychic sensitivity, and that it is it is something familial uh, from her side of the family because she mentions her grandmother having having when she's talking to Theo having abilities and powers. And I, um, like I said, I really kind of appreciate how much they downplay this, but there is a pretty, it, even though it's implied, it's pretty explicit that Olivia is, is, is psychic and that the house is 
um, is pulling a shining on her and is um, attacking her a lot more aggressively because of her sensitivity to what the house actually is. Well, I think it could be – it's affecting them all equally. I think it's a blanket effect, and and we get that in, like, the last episode when it shows what actually happened to this family. Um, mm. But because she's, you know, high-keyed, super sensitive to this sort of thing, it's just – she's catching the full brunt of it. Right. Like, it's able to leech her quicker. Yeah, or or fragment her, or you know whatever it does. Um, on the on that same note, this was like the worst family that could have gone to renovate this house. Like anybody yeah. else, probably would have been mostly okay. We see that with the Dudleys; they've been working in this house for generations. Yeah, uh, and they're by and large fine, just uneasy about the house. You know, yep. and they've had their experience with it, so it it was over years and not within like a week. Yeah, G- yeah, because the renovation the, the renovation is it's supposed like, to it's supposed to be a summer. Yeah, like they move in at the beginning of the, of summer and they're planning to be out by fall. Yeah, it's just like um, you know a month or two. Yeah, but. They're they're there for like maybe a couple weeks, because it's not yeah. August yet. It's before no. then. So it it ate at them like immediately, right. and and I think part of that is they're not um, they're not just working in the house. They're living in the house. They're staying right. there. They're sleeping there. They're there too long. Right, and it's full of black yeah. mold, so that's probably not helping anything. Right, because the Dudleys are very clear of we do not, we do, we leave the house when it gets dark, and we do not come back to the house until it is light again. Yeah. Uh, and then we so we we find, um, William Hill, who was yep. buried in the wall. Um, yeah. Who buried himself in the wall? I guess that's. Worse. Yep, he bricked it, bricked it. He bricked himself into a wall because he read too much Poe, um, and was very upset at being a a small man, a small, small man. Um, so he he bricked himself in the wall, um, and uh, there's a, there's a, 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 a tiny skeleton in the wall because, man, <laughs> I. I am fascinated. I kind of want just like I want to know how how the cranes like just decided that Hill House was like the perfect venture for them. Like no floor plans. We don't know that there's a bootlegging basement. There's a dead guy who buried himself in the wall. This seems like the perfect house to flip. Yeah, and I think part of that has to do with the source material and yeah. other versions of this film. Um, as we mentioned in the original novelization, it's not a family. It's independent right. um, investigators, like psychic yep. investigators, a team of people. It's all the same characters. They're just not the same origin. Um, right. 
but what we get in the 1999, whatever, the, <laughs> the yeah. other uh, Owen Wilson version. Um, <laughs> yeah. In that version, they're called there by the house. Yes. In- independently. Like, they all thought it was an organized um, investigative effort. But right. it turns out that the house sent out the messages. It it sent out the planted the idea of coming to go do this um on purpose to get them there to consume them yes and that's what i think kind of happens here too to an, mm-hmm. to, to like a, an extent maybe a smaller one it's not as overt but they're as we mentioned they're fated to do this like they don't get a choice right Yes, exactly. That that right. Um, yes, because that explains the, the the nasty, nasty predestination paradox. Writers do not write predestination paradoxes. It it rarely turns out well unless your predestination paradox includes ghosts. Or the supernatural, but otherwise stay away from them because people will never stop having questions um so was there any oh yeah um uh uh at the funeral uh luke's attacked by um uh livia's ghost i believe tries to pull him into nell's grave yes um yes uh, and then, uh, uh, it also spooks out, uh, Hugh and Theo and yes. Rex, uh, Shirley's forever house. Yes. Um, Model. and, and Luke goes that. missing. And Luke goes oh, yes. missing. Yeah. After taking the car and the credit card and something else, I well, which causes everybody to say, oh, that's our junkie brother. Back he on the sucks. Juice. He sucks. I Luke, like, Nell clearly, like, gets it the worst out of anybody um, in, in the series. But, man, Luke is a really close second. Um, Luke has a really hard time. And it's well, just... Arguably, like, Luke... Well, his living life, his living life, uh, <laughs> is the worst. Yes. He caught the worst end of that stick. Um, You're right. Nell just got screwed over, <laughs> basically. Um, yeah. Also, by fate. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, Although, you know, it's something that we didn't bring up, and, you know, apologies, listener, if I keep bringing up things from the past episodes that we talked about, but having rewatched the the series uh, to talk about uh, the second half of it, I really kind of appreciate the scene um, in, um, what is it, it's the twin thing, mm-hmm. um, where Luke finally turns around and confronts the long man. Because that seems like the the actual signifier that this is Luke's actual attempt to get clean. 
because it's clear that these visions of the long man that have been haunting him for his entire life is is exactly what caused his his uh drug addiction and no i mean he says been, that he he yeah he outright says that he's doing this because it helps him stop seeing ghosts right um and uh, so him him acknowledging the ghost and and facing it it's not it's not even symbolic of his addiction it is the problem right that's the um, root of his addiction and he's turned to face it and deal with it right he's not a, really equipped to to do that as much nope. as he would like to be but that's probably the firmest step um that other members of the family take two he just does it second i guess since nell did it first yeah hers just didn't turn well no one's turned out great but hers was no. the worst uh, yeah uh, even though even though really like shirley gets off the easiest out of everybody um yeah well and the one thing that because of nell mm -hmm. if with the way the story plays out if this did not happen to her so this is the problem with this predestination paradox <laughs> if this didn't happen to her and she did not become the ghost everyone else would die yeah like yeah she saves everybody yes like literally so it's that makes that part it takes like the punch out of it or something i don't know what i'm not sure what they could have done differently given the setup they were using right to, to change how the ending is and i wonder if that's um so in general the show has a positive reception and a lot of people felt that it was the end that it that let it down a little bit mm -hmm. but i don't think that's the case at all because they this is one cohesive thing right because it's, uh, it's, it's so interwoven and so interlocked it's not the end that let it down it's it's the path it's the start of the story doing what it does and and being told the way it is it i don't think that there was a way that they could pull this off with something that's going to please everybody because of how they chose to uh, allow the characters to kind of walk in a they're, they're basically like in a rat maze you know they're just mm -hmm. running around in big circles and they're trapped but it's like a um, deus ex machina that like frees them because if, if mm -hmm. Nell wasn't there to do the thing she wants to do it, it would end it would end right. with them all just dying in the house so it's yes. like super yeah. it's not <laughs> It's a lazy way out, is what I I think is the problem. Mm -hmm. They're just saying that, oh, don't worry, that you're all saved, you know, in, in after a fashion, but right. 
I don't know. I mean, it's it's not um, they they did it creatively, so it's like tricking you into thinking that it's more complex than it. It's really just pretty straightforward. Yeah. No. Anyway, I mean, I mean that falls into that. That really falls into the like for me. Like I can't think about it too hard because then it 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 stops making a ghost story be a ghost story. It makes it less than it could have been. Yes. So it's a little disappointing that they chose to go the way they did, but I, it works in the universe that they've created. Yes. Like, it's fine visually. It makes sense as far as how these ghosts work. And Mm -hmm. they basically shoehorned in an explanation by Nell um, at the end of the series. Yeah. her, Her final speech is the crux of the show. Yeah. Like, because she's discovered how the afterlife works, at least in this sense... It's what binds, like, a set of rules that mm. things kind of have to do, but the rules are arbitrary. Yes. So it just suits itself to suit itself. And that's, yeah, that's, not, sa- that's not a satisfying uh, conclusion to this. All right. As far as, like... It would have been better had they not explained it at all. I think that's the problem. Yeah, yeah. Is they I, tried I, I to, so they tried to slap too. on a coat of paint at the very end and go, here's why this kind of happened. Right. Whereas they should have just not said anything at all. And we yes. would have been left with like, oh, a good ghost story. Yeah. Anyway, um... Well, well, we got a few episodes to cover still, so that yeah. was pretty much um, eulogy. Uh, so, episode eight, witness marks. Uh, Stephen Hugh, drive around looking for Luke. I still can't stand Steve. Even after the series is over, I do not like Steve. Steve is the worst. Um, and I really try, like, even on my second viewing, I really try to, like, look at things from his perspective. And, yeah, I loathe Steve. He is my least um, enjoyed character in in the entire show. Um, Le- well, uh, Steve's convinced. <laughs> well, if it makes you feel any better, he mm-hmm. probably got the worst end of the deal of anyone that remained alive yeah that's fair it's probably a fair point to say that he's stuck doing the things that he's doing (laughs) um steve uh steve is totally convinced that the entire family's crazy and it's all genetic and it's all uh like it's weird because he's like angry at his at hugh um but he's also angry at Olivia, like, all the time. Like, uh, Mom was crazy. Mom was crazy. And then he's like, you're crazy, too. And, the, uh, and he's then angry he's at like, his genes. <laughs> yeah, he's super, yeah, super angry at his genes. And he's like, 
I had a vasectomy while I was in college, and I also didn't tell my girlfriend, then fiance, then wife that I ever did this. Once again, another check mark in the Steve is a piece of garbage cat uh, uh, checklist. Um, and I'm just like, ugh. like every time he's he he talks about like how crazy the family is i'm just like man really really because i get it that he encountered like seems to have encountered zero. Oh, right that that this comes up later uh steve is 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 convinced that he's encountered zero supernatural activity in hill house or ever, except for, you know, his his sister's ghost screaming at him in his apartment. Um, but which he just chalks up to being crazy. Um, but, um, uh, sure, uh, meanwhile, while uh, Steve and Hugh are having the oh, I, I've got the bad genes uh, conversation while looking for Luke, Shirley uh, and Theo are at the funeral parlor, um, tr uh, trying to um, waiting for any news from uh, her credit card on Luke's whereabouts when he uses it. Um, I believe uh, Theo tries to explain or does explain the the situation uh, between what happened between her and uh, Shirley's husband. Um, this is where we discover what she felt when she touched Nell. Yeah. Um, which is nothing. Um, which is worse, uh, yes. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. A nothing that was, yes, a nothing that was, I believe she describes it as, as so dark and so deep that it swallowed everything inside of her and that she could feel nothing. Hence the drinking and everything else. And she explains that when she saw uh, Shirley's husband, that it was a light and it was the first time uh, that she had felt anything since she touched Nell's body and that she just needed to feel anything because it... it it was too much. All she felt was. Um, yeah, I think it was her fear. I don't remember. She just had one. You get stuck with like one pervading emotion and everything else was just gone. Right. Um, And Shirley's just kind of like, like not having no, any of it. No, she's not having it at that point. Um, yeah. Until they're in the car. Right. Um,. So they they uh, in tracking the credit card, they find out that Luke has stopped at a gas station that's on the way to Hill House. He's not rolling around on Methadone Mile or wherever. Right. Uh, and so individually, um, the family goes back to Hill House to go get Luke, and they they yes. find out that he's um, picked up his seven gas cans. I don't remember if he had yep. seven, but he probably did because that's his thing. Um, and is attempting to burn it down with uh, Hugh saying that that's, that's not going to work. 
Yep. And his show not working because he ignites the gasoline and the house immediately puts it out. Yeah, the house <laughs> because... just puts it out. <laughs> yep. The, the house literally turns off physics and, and it extinguishes the fire. Which is great. It's kind of I I love love when ghost stories, especially ghost stories that are based around haunted places, are able to just like, yep, nope, you you don't get to do this. You don't get to set the house on fire because if if it was that easily, somebody would have done it years ago. Well, even the one time we find someone was going to go do that, they they get um, dissuaded because of what the house is versus right. what it wants. Right. Uh, um, I think that's pretty much it for that episode. Witness marks? Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, what, one thing. Uh, the It's the big thing, which is uh, the, the shutdown that Hugh uh, uses for Steven, which is um, – Hugh just straight up sell, tells him that Stephen saw a ghost and that he didn't realize it because in uh, the the novelization of The Haunting of Hill House, written by Stephen, he mentioned the guy working on a grandfather clock, um, to which Hugh states, nobody worked on the grandfather, no one worked on the grandfather clock, that was a ghost, and uh, he like witness marks and there's a big explanation as to how steven saw a ghost and didn't realize that he saw a ghost so shut up steven we're tired of listening to you talk about that what (laughs) i think was um yeah it's good that you brought that up the the idea of these witness marks so what those are uh when a when you're looking at like repairing an old like antique clock there's generally no record like a written record of what was done to the clock but you can judge by the tool marks and what's the effects of what someone had done while trying to fix it to see what they had been fixing like what's been repaired what's been worked on what maybe older pieces um that is literally what all of these um the crane family are yes or at least we know how the house has been eating them based on like the shambles of their lives their current lives are are witness marks basically showing the not repair but the damage um, Damage. being done that had been done to them as children right and has just continued to affect their lives right because they are haunted it's Yes, it's 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 unresolved trauma by a haunting, um, because that's what this entire series is about. And once again, I really I I I do appreciate this this version of of an adaptation of of making it the. the that the ghosts are both real and metaphorical, uh, and it's it's this weird family drama, but there are actually ghosts, so it's not just a bunch of crazy people. I I, I think this works as a, a new adapt uh, adaptation of the source material. 
but we need to move forward, and so we're on to episode nine, uh, Screaming Memes. You want to take this one, Dave? Yeah, let me <laughs> let me stare at this uh, synopsis real quick so I can <laughs> conjure up what uh, what generally happened in this. Um, okay, yeah, this was the messed up one. Um, well, I mean, they're all kind of messed up, but this is particularly troublesome. Yes. This is where we have the most interaction with poppy hill so this is the, the the ghost of one of the hill family and she is the one that had been um i think she had been committed to an asylum mm -hmm. and then came back home she's like a she's like Black. a flapper yeah because <laughs> she's not dressed as one she probably was one um right and she loves the sound of car horns in the city to make her laugh <coughs> uh so Poppy is the one that had been most overtly working on Olivia to yes. to affect her. Poppy lost her own child uh, due to a combination of sickness and then what William Hill um, eventually did. He went out and murdered his whole family. She also... I think it's actually in the next episode, but she sings a song that describes what William Hill did to each of them. That's like mm -hmm. our one large history uh, of the of the Hills that right. we get for at least what uh, that happened for those events because everything else has been um, it's not really even glossed over. It's been just mentioned in passing. Like yes. it's an event that the town. Um, recognizes had happened. It's a. Uh, it's a. In fact, um, William Hill's disappearance was a, a thing, and it was a, a cold case, and that's what was solved ultimately when Hugh unearthed his um, or uninterred his uh, buried body in the wall. Right. Um, this one digs really deeply into the events of the the storm night and Olivia's general um, collapse because yes. it, it spans the space of time that kind of runs through their their stay at the house and it's through this episode that we see the other side of the coin uh, from Luke's encounter. So the, the previous, said the previous episode or the one before, uh, we get a lot of the of what Luke saw in the house. Mm -hmm. uh, not Luke. I'm sorry, uh, Stephen. Oh right. Yes. So even though as his adult life is professing constantly, like I've never seen any ghosts, never done this. Th this is where we see that he did. Mm -hmm. Um. Not only that, but he. His impression of their mother um, at the end was probably the strongest of something being like horribly wrong. Right. You know, he gives her the present of the uh, the little vanity stand. Right. And we see that you know immediately Olivia's praising him and like loves the stand, but 
what happens is she sees the ghosts of Luke and um, Nell like reflected behind her. So she's breaking down, and what the house has done is um, it's sort of entered her into like a fugue state. Right. So she's sleepwalking, she's dreaming, but she's doing things like actively still. She's not lying down somewhere. Uh, Also, she's traversing the ball of space-time mess that this show has created. And the the instances we've seen her as a ghost appear to her children in the future, she's Mm -hmm. doing now. Right. As a living thing. Right. So it's even a little bit more confusing because it's not her ghost they're seeing. They're seeing her. Yes, they are seeing a projection of her past self into the future, which appears like a ghost, but is in fact not really. It is a weird. Or it's a. What happens, I think, is because she's frightened on some level, it's an echo of the past that they're seeing in the present. That splinter of fear or of um, fractured emotional stability is the ghost. That's what we get as the manifestation of a ghost. Right. Um, Um, What else? Uh, I think it's, uh, it's also important to, uh, to point out that, that Poppy Hill's entire thesis is that the world is a horrible, horrible place and is actually just a bad dream. And that, um, uh, that you should just wake your kids up. But the implication is that you wake your kids up by killing them. But so you have to protect your kids from the awful, awful world by killing them. And I'm uh, I'm under the assumption that uh, so that they their essence as children is trapped within the house forever. Um, yeah. Well, it's which kind it's, of it's if you on. want them to remain as they are and innocent and unspoiled and not chewed up by the world uh there's a way to do that yeah we'll stop them as they are and you'll just keep them that way right um which is uh horrifying (laughs) yep oh and we get the um the reveal of the who we were led to believe erroneously by the show uh, uh the ghost of abigail who is not uh, a yes. ghost it is actually yes. the daughter of the dudleys yes who they they've mentioned they've never who's not allowed to go to the house she's not allowed to go um, out of their house like they they've yes. they're, they're doing the same thing that olivia is being told to do um by poppy just not in the same method so instead of murdering their child they have sequestered her kept her safe from the world kept her safe from this house um she she kind of like plays around in the forest but that's the extent of her like worldly experience um aside from encountering luke and they're you know they're playing and so uh 
what we have, well, I guess an important thing that we've, we've neglected, when they find the mold and um, everyone's sort of realizing that something's, Olivia's basically having a stress break. That's right. kind of what it is. Uh, and spurred on by Mr. Dudley, Hugh makes the suggestion, uh, I think more than rightly so, that Olivia just take a break from the house, go visit with her sister. Uh, right. That That's good advice for everybody because there's black mold. You guys really shouldn't be staying <laughs> in the house when there's uh, black mold. It was mold. 92. They yeah. didn't know how <laughs> black, bad black mold was um, back then. So under the impression that Olivia has gone to stay with her sister... Uh, Hugh is just watching the kids and things are supposed to be getting better. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't work out that way. Olivia doesn't make it to her sister. She stops at a hotel instead. Yes. And calls back home just to check on everybody. But because Hugh is having a little bit of trouble um, with the kids, but nothing that's not unexpected. That's a bunch of kids in one small space. Or, right. you know, it's, it's just kids. That's what's going to happen. But she, she's still not well. Her her break from the house is only, like, what, an hour or two? So it's not very long. A couple right. hours. Not enough to undo anything, really. Um, let exactly. alone whatever delir- delirious effect she's getting from the mold. Um, so she comes back. She just goes back to the house. Is completely like uh, undone at that point mm-hmm. it's it's too late she's tired whatever there's this this horrible alignment of bad things um occur for her she just thinks she's dreaming courtesy right. of, of poppy's influence and everything else, and her headaches, and you know all, all the stuff. I mean, it's enough to make a, just a general person probably not well. I mean, everyone's mm-hmm. stressed out. That's just the nature of what they're doing with this house renovation. Um, and she's also uh, labor. Oh, so she, hers is the fear. She's yeah. lost everything. All of her emotions have been sucked away, aside from this just pervading fear for her children. Yes. That's what it's dialed down to. It's like zoned in on this one specific instinct to protect the kids from everything. And yeah. that's centered specifically on the twins. Um, these poor kids just get the, they got the raw deal the whole way around. Um, right, because they're, they're the youngest. They're, they yeah. are the babies. They are the babies. And they, they um, in the talk between Olivia and Hugh, Part of that fear has been fed by the realization that you know the three older siblings or the, yeah the three older siblings aren't kids as much anymore. They're they don't need their mother as, as how she's right. seeing it, but the twins still do. They're right. they're very young. They they can still benefit. They haven't been chewed up by the world or set upon, uh, and she can she has a way to fix that. And right. um, luckily, she could help the Dudleys, too, because their daughter has come over for a sleepover. Yes. 
the worst. Um, it's the worst. Uh, so yeah, this is uh, this is the thing. This is the thing that that I. Uh, this is the the plot point that I I can't stand about um, uh, Hill House. This is the one thing that bothers me. Um, it is Abigail and Abigail's purpose in the show, um, uh, which we are going to discuss because Olivia um, uh, tells uh, uh, Luke and Nell and Abigail that, um, hey, guess what? The, the red room's uh, open, open. Yeah. And, 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 and we're going to have a tea party just like you wanted, Nell. And, and Luke, you're friend abigail's here great she can she can have the tea party too so it's literally a a a everything like everything that the kids wanted like luke wants the validation that abigail's real and his mother is seeing her because nobody else believed him and nell had been trying everyone to get anybody to have a tea party with her uh, and and everybody refused, and now their mom, who's great, is like like acknowledging them and validating them. Takes them into the red room. There's the tea party, and everything's great. And then uh, Abigail mm. drinks some tea, and, and then dies. Frost at the mouth. Yeah, because she <laughs> spiked it with rat poison. So Abigail literally exists only for her mother, for Olivia to kill her. To uh, it's the worst. It's it's the only thing in the show that bothers me. Well, like she she's been fated to keep the house from being destroyed. Yes, that's her reason. In this is it's what stops you from destroying the house once everything goes to crap. Yes. The thing he should have done, and should have been done, of course, previous to this, uh, like, the Dudleys could have probably tried to do this a little earlier. Um, yeah, when nobody lived there. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. they were also... Uh, so, the Dudleys had a miscarriage. Right. Years ago. And they, they were... The reason that they don't go there at night is because they fear the ghost of their unborn or stillborn uh, child crying. Yes. Uh, the ghost that is still there as an actual ghost. We yes. find out. Making this like all way worse. So they weren't going to destroy the house because of that already. Then we find out that while Abigail is murdered, um, her Poppy's not like wrong she's wrong in what right. she's doing but she's not wrong right. in what happens uh, the right. innocence of abigail is trapped in the house it's yes it's a ghost that fully physically manifests to where i think you can touch it yeah. and that is what spurs the dudleys to strike a deal with you once all mm -hmm. this goes down uh, that they will not tell the police that their daughter was murdered. They will take the body and bury it uh, by their house in the garden or by a tree, mm -hmm. I think. And you, in exchange, will just watch over the house and not let anyone else buy it. 
Right. So no one else. This should solve everything. The house doesn't get anybody but who it's already taken. The Dudleys can come during the day and hang out with their daughter. And yep, that's uh, not messed up at all. No, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot in this show that deals with. Um, well, it's dealing with a lot of emotions, but grief uh, and um, understanding, I think, what death means mm-hmm. in a general sense is what this is kind of trafficking in. But because it's denying uh, things to move on. So the problem of Hill House creating these ghosts and holding on to them is not a trouble for the ghosts. It's a trouble for the living. Yes. Because the house won't let them go. The living can't let them go because they're right there. I mean, it's, right. it's understand yeah. Like, that's... You can understand why everyone does what they do. The, the show does a good job with that. It, it's justifying, yeah. in one way or another, all of the events of the film. You get a good grasp of everyone's motivations. Yes. Even the house. The house is just hungry. Yep. It wants the food. It's doing what it can do to feed itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but because it's doing that, it's just ruining everything else yes like it's a cancer it's not a ghost right i don't know where else i'm going with that i I lost my train of thought but um just to kind of say that everything is like so it's all like the plan that um olivia has drawn Mm -hmm. this this show and the house and everything is a puzzle with very specific interlocking pieces. And I think if it was missing any one of those, it wouldn't work. It would all fall apart. Yeah, so I agree. So they've constructed it very well. Um, but because it's been done that way, there's room to um, critique it, I think. Yeah. Um, yes, and my critique is, oh my god, I, I, the... I, the I, I yeah. It's not a good I, way to shoehorn in the you're motivation using, you're for using not her destroying the prop. house. <laughs> You've yes, used Abigail exactly. as a prop and not given her a character. So she's the one character who we don't get um a full sense of. Right. She's like a cipher just for Keeping the house alive. Yeah, um, it's yes, not great. Is, no, it really isn't. It's it's it, it, it. You know, because I, above all else, I really I think this I think this show is really great. I'm really glad that I've watched it. I, it's been a really long time since I've rewatched the show so quickly after watching it. But the yeah the the Abigail situation bothers me like nothing else in the show be exactly for the reason that you you just mentioned which is that she is a a prop she is 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 an excuse to give justification for not destroying the house and it bugs me to no end because I think that characters in because everything else was so well written and so tight that I wish that they had uh done better for this character who ultimately isn't a character 
No, and you and unlike with everyone else, uh, that supper is not great. Great. Um, we're given ample time, hours, hours of time to understand these characters and feel something mm-hmm. uh, for their death. And all you really get with Abigail is it's a shame that her life is cut so short. She's a child, but she may as well have just been a ghost. Yes, exactly. Because she's she's introduced. You think she's a ghost the whole time, and then she's introduced exactly. at the eleventh hour, and only to be killed. So she's yep. she's turned into the thing that you thought she was <laughs> instantly. But you're as not as you you're not her. giving any time to empathize or or anything. You can't feel anything. So I guess in a way, it's appropriate for the show because now you've been placed into. The, the directly into the shoes of these characters where your emotion is reduced to one thing and it's it's not sadness it's like travesty i don't even know the right emotion to dis- disappointment <laughs> i don't know yes it's something like that where the it's not it's not even the greatness but the the crafting of this show is kind of falling apart at this moment. Yeah. Like they chose yeah. to do something that undermines uh, how carefully everything else was put together. That's what it yeah. feels like. It's like a cheap, yes. uh, a cheap trick to just justify the existence of something else in the story. Right. Yep. Totally agree. Okay, so let's. Uh, <laughs> I think we'll, we'll so leave let's talk that episode about the... and go to yep. the final point because we're, <laughs> we're we're running we're, a little long, but that's okay. Yes, <laughs> we were we repeat listeners that we do actually really like this show, but it's not without reproach. Um, but on to episode ten, the final episode. Silence lay steady. Um. Uh, uh, Steve uh, and Hugh uh, find Luke uh, lying unconscious in the Red Room uh, after uh, being uh, uh, accosted by uh, spooky ghostly Poppy because, once again, uh, all the ghosts have two two variations. There, There's original and ghost variant. Um, uh, and Steve becomes locked in the room uh and uh, awakens from oh, is this where uh, Steve has the nightmare where his his, his wife, wife is just berating him, yes, for everything that he's done wrong. Uh, no, it's yep. not even the things that he's done wrong. It's his entire existence. This is the most brutal takedown of a person I re- that I can recall in like media. Yeah, like it's rough. It's like you feel like I don't like Steve. But I know why I don't like him. And this is right. just like cruel. He's been taken down to Chinatown and worked over. Like it's yeah, was, it's yeah, it's it's mm, it's legitimately yeah. cruel um how the house projects uh Steve's uh insecurities. I mean Yes, it's, it's, back this reflects is, it back yeah. at him. He these are things that he thinks about himself, but isn't yes. um willing or able to acknowledge right uh Um, but it's like magnified 
Yes. As the sole thing. Um, it's, yeah, it's rough. It's not fun to listen to. And it goes nope. on for like five minutes. Of like, it's five minutes of character assassination. Yeah. Um, uh, so, uh, after that, he wakes up and, oh, because, uh, finds... um, uh, so this is the this is the ghost in the machine the the god hand of Nell uh, saving everyone one by one. Yes, yes, right, yes. Literally, because, it's uh, literally just her hand. Like each time, it's a, a, a guardian angel. I don't know what you want to frame this uh, as, but it's a hand reaching down to pull them out of the darkness. She's uh, she is a uh, uh, Beatrice. Is that uh, the uh, Dante's in Inferno? Uh, uh, yes. Uh, she is the Beatrice of the Haunting of Hill House, uh, coming down to see save each and every one of her siblings. Yes, I believe pull them out of hell. House. Yes. <laughs> um. Uh, She's too strong. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, so she helps Steve, uh, wake up, um, um, she helps Steve wake up, and, um, uh, Steve finds Luke near death with a hypodermic needle in his arm. He's injected himself bottle. with rat poison. With rat poison, because themes. Luckily, um, it's super ineffective, because it's old old rat poison it's, 20 years yeah, ago yeah is, is that it because it seems really effective <laughs> well granted you no, know he came what? back Consider- he's okay yeah <laughs> he got well, better. considering like considering how long it takes to really act on luke and how quickly it murdered uh, abigail i suppose it has lost a lot of its potency over the years well she's very was- small and i don't know what the yeah. dosage the Olivia was giving them. Yeah, yeah. And I we don't we imagine. don't see that he used a whole syringe or anything. It just it just right. it's a it alludes to well you got a bottle of rat poison and a needle in his arm. Where did the ghost get the needle? Yeah. Also did did Luke actually inject it because we do have a sequence where Luke also has his his nightmare um and and he resists uh, and and it seems like everything's fine and then he he has injected himself so did he just do it and not realize it the house inject him with rat poison it, it, this is also another thing that i don't particularly care for and one of the reasons why i think that luke gets it really really rough because um, it kind of destroys the 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 it to me at least it feels like the, this this sequence if Luke if it turns out that Luke has it is the one that injected himself kind of destroys like everything that they they um, done to uh, show that Luke has actually gotten clean and, and you know I know it's a I'm aware that it's a constant struggle and no one's ever quote unquote clean, but um, I don't, I don't think that that's the case because this is also what we see with Nell. Um, so 
rewinding back to episode five, um, mm-hmm. when when Nell was killed um, in the stairwell, uh, on the on the stairwell that's part of the red room area. It's architecture is really weird in this house, but yes, um, right. So in the hallway leading to the red room, there's a branch off the and it's a, there's a stairwell that goes down to like an atrium or something. Yes. Um, Nell went to the house to confront it. Mm-hmm. And she's drawn into the delusion, as is everyone, uh, of her mother giving her that necklace. Yes. And it's not Olivia. I think at that point it's Poppy. Yes. So Nell breaks out of the the illusion at the last second. Mm-hmm. And she's not trying to kill herself. She's just at the edge of a, uh, not a cliff, but, you know, she's going like to fall off the stairs. Banister. Because um, there's a, a convenient hole there. Um, and Poppy pushes her. So right. the house is over. Well, Pop, the ghost of Poppy is uh, was crazy in life. It isn't any better in death. It's probably worse. Um but she pushes her, so that's not a willing end. And right. I think that that's the same case with Luke. Okay. He was beating it himself, but right. the house doesn't let you. You know, you, you don't get to win against it. Mm-hmm. And, that stays, and that, stays, that remains the case. Right. You know, the house is just going to be there. And the best you can do is not also be there (laughs) that's what this comes down to is don't go there don't go back keep away from it um you just had to have never been there in the first place otherwise it will you know devour you in in one way or another uh and affect the rest of your days um yes but yeah that's so that's with luke and then it uh we find out that um because it's all timey-wimey again. Um, both Shirley and her sister... <laughs> uh, Theo. Theo. Shirley and Theo. Um, are also there. They're all yes. independently waking up in the um, the Red Room. Yes. Um, I completely forget what, uh, what Theo's, like, revelatory dream is. So... Theo's dream is her uh, with her um, lover. Yes. And she is being told that she should just, like, ignore everything else. Like, don't we don't need to worry about all those things. Um, your, your happiness can just be here, like, with me. Right, right, right. That was yes, like the now. gist of it. I mean, it was a little bit more sexy or however you want to like put it. Yeah, the, yeah. That wasn't the implication of just being happy. It's um, right. Anyway, and then and surely then she's being like absorbed by the house at that point. They they all are. Yes. they're all in danger of being like immediately destroyed. And right, we get the hand of Nell. Yes. And then surely uh, there's been a weird specter of a guy with a highball glass that uh, 
has appeared multiple times over the course of the series. And the revelation is is that uh, Shirley went to a a funeral trade. Yeah, like a yeah trade show conference for funeral directors and had an affair, and that's it. And that's the that's... deal. The, the ghost is her guilt. Yes, her guilt. There is no, there is no actual ghost uh, in in regards to Cheryl. Probably it's we don't know if that guy get... died, but I don't think he <laughs> yeah. did. <laughs> and she yes. gets the second most brutal like verbal beatdown. Um, hers yeah. isn't as bad as Steven, but it's just, for her, uh, just as bad. Because yes. it's calling into question her role as a wife and a mother. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. As a as a businesswoman. It's it's every, like, everything that she's built up that's her. Right. Uh, the, the image of this um, fling uh, is deconstructing taking down wearing her down and you know dressing her for consumption yeah because that's what all all this is about Um, right and again hand of nails yes and they all wake up and they're like oh no luke he's he's a crazy man he's injected wreck poison because he needs his fix um once again just the like i it, know it gets cleared up at the end but everyone's like non-belief in luke really kind of uh except for nell except for nell like nell seems to be the only one that ever really believed in him except for the time uh, when she went and got him heroin yeah yeah that was my one that. like my one like if i had a bone to pick with nell it would be that yeah. That was like the worst the worst yeah. thing ever. You just don't do that. I oh man. Yeah, it's not great. To be fair, though, she was not in the right like headspace like at all. No. And she hasn't and, been. And, and that's it's a thing. I still man, uh the fact that she didn't think that that was a problem. <laughs> Well, uh, I, I'm, I'm sure she clearly did. She but, did. I mean, uh, she had her reservations, but she also, um, I think we have to remember that she's been going through everything that Luke has. Yeah. So all exactly. of the addiction is on her yep. too. Like not not yep. her fault, but she's also like secondhandly it. dealing with that. Right. So when he gets well. She does too, right? So yeah, I think she's like also on some level dealing with his his addiction. So yes, I'm not gonna like not blame her. You don't give an addict more drugs on their path to recovery, but You're right. I think that was just as much for her as it was for him. You know, looking back on it, right? Um. um well, I guess uh, uh, Hugh, we should yes. maybe take a look at him because we've kind of we focused on the, the the rest of the family and kind of to the exclusion of Hugh, as the show does too. Right. He's a he's a non-present parent figure for a very yes. good reason, at least to him. Uh, to the 
to the benefit of his children or for the benefit of his children. He has been struggling with this house, keeping it contained in some unnamed fashion. Right. His his goal as an adult for the rest of his life after the passing of his wife has been to prevent anyone from returning to the house or mm-hmm. the house from taking anybody else. Um, he's he's the gatekeeper um, for this yes. home, and by has uh, by his own admission, uh, a failed one, but not yes. for lack of trying. the The house has gotten past his guard. Um, yes, but because he's been trying so hard uh, to contain this and dealing with the specter of his wife being present the entire time, which is not mm-hmm. psychologically good for you, uh, right? By no stretch of the word, uh, he has to sacrifice something to to do that, and that sacrifice is his job as a father. He yes. doesn't take care of his kids. He can only watch them fall apart from a distance uh, because he's he's been given an onus, um, we find, by the Dudleys to um, protect the house, is what mm-hmm. it comes down to. Uh, and that's, that's not great. Like, that's a horrible nope. thing. And he's not equipped to do that like he's never yeah. moved past his wife's death right and this uh shows kind of why so he, this episode is this culmination gives us if not the full picture the fullest picture it's able to um, in the events mm-hmm. of that night and we're also um, what the show does is it puts us in in the shoes of Stephen. Yes, Stephen becomes the proxy for the viewer. He's yeah. he is. I think he's the first character we're introduced to. Yes, and he's the, he's the bookend um, for the story of Hill House. And mm-hmm. as an unlikable character from the beginning and into the end. That's another problem I think that the show has to kind of grapple with um, mm-hmm. because you've given us, you know, multiple protagonists, but he is, he's the main protagonist, even if it doesn't want to say it, like it's, right. it's framed, it's bookended the story that way. And in giving an unlikable protagonist or one that you can't identify with, like he's, mm-hmm. He's the least identify. I can identify more with Luke than yep. than him because Luke's been made a sympathetic character. Yes. They did not do that with Steven. They tried to, at the very end, um, help you understand what he's doing. I mean, he he's taken on the role um, that his father has done. And, yes. and by no accident because he is the oldest brother. He's been... He's been painted into this corner, you know, even as a child. Yes. He his he was charged with the um providing and security and safety of his of his siblings as the oldest. Um 
and a lot of the problems that Stephen encounters uh, isn't because his mother is gone. It's because his father is gone, even though his yes. father's still alive. So right. he's not only had to take the role of older brother, he's had to take the role of Hugh. Yes. And he's not, he was never equipped for that. Um, yeah. He sabotages himself against that role. He's like buckling against the system by, you know, um, giving himself a vasectomy and placing blame on um, genetic instability versus some other yes. condition. Uh, and then we also Expl go ahead. Uh, exploiting the family tragedy for that's so his that's, that's his attempt to that's to, his attempt to, to provide for his family. Right. It's a misguided attempt, and it's 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 a successful one. Like if they, if more of them had made use of that money, they arguably could have been happier than they were. Not saying that money solves all problems but it goes a long way in assuaging the issues that cause those problems yes but that's also why we have these character flaws each each of these siblings each of these family members have problems have always had problems because they are complete characters yes or at least not they're they're multi-dimensional. They have, you know, fears, wants, desires, moods. Um, we get to see all those sides of all these unfortunate um, children. Yes, uh, and and that didn't enable them to make use of things that could have helped them because they don't want to acknowledge it. Yeah, because exactly. they're not facing their ghosts. You know, that's what this comes mm -hmm. down to. Mm -hmm. uh, anyway, uh, not not to not to no, no. Uh, your points. Yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> um, uh, after everyone wakes up from their horrible uh, character assassination nightmares, Nell is there and explains that the red room is the stomach of the house. Um, and also was surprise, surprised um, that everyone had been in the Red Room, unbeknownst to them. The mystery of what was in the Red Room was it was everyone's special room. For Luke, it was his treehouse. Stephen explained in an earlier episode, why would Dad have built, built you a treehouse We were only going to be there for the summer? Um, when did he have time uh, to build the treehouse also? <laughs> exactly. Mm -hmm. Um for Theo, it was her dance studio, which we, uh, which is really a fantastic callback to the first episode, where Cheryl and Nell attempt to open the red room with the key from Mister Dudley, only to fail, uh, which is shown to be uh, um, the incident uh, incident where Theo was in her uh, in her dance studio. Um, interrupted by something trying to get into the room, and thus both in uh, they are both occurring at the same time. Um, it was Olivia's study, uh, where she would relax and have tea. It was Steve's, uh, it was Steve's game room. Um, and it's all sh uh, this, this reveal is all shown fantastically. Because the red room has a very distinct uh, uh, vertical rectangular window, 
as in every iteration of their fantasy rooms for themselves, uh, exists this rectangular window. Um, it's it's really good. It's, it's the really show like it. showing its hand from the beginning, as yeah. it does with the ghosts and yes, uh, the viewers not recognizing it. I right. mean, somebody may have. I certainly didn't. I was like, oh, yeah, I guess that window was there the whole time. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... Yeah. And then we get the, 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 the giant time ghost speech that was like... It wasn't... A, it was a good speech. But yeah. it just makes everything worse, I guess. It makes the ghosts good, like the concept yeah. of them and the execution of them, excellent. Um, yes. What I think it does is cheapen the story. Yeah. Um, yes, we get yes we get the very big like you're not letting them live if you keep them here, and it's uh, it's a lot of thematic elements that we've heard a lot of times for like the gilded cage scenario. That appears in a lot of fiction. Yeah. And finally, Olivia relents and lets the family leave. Only Hugh and Steve stay behind while everybody rushes, everyone else rushes Luke to the hospital. Yeah. Uh, this was one uh, really good moment with Hugh. Like, yes. I, I was expecting the outcome, but not the way that it had already apparently happened. Mm hmm. I don't even want to spoil that part. We've spoiled everything, but let's let's we'll we'll leave it off there. Mm -hmm. So, in the strange event that you're listening to this and did not watch the finale of this, um, uh, there's a it, it ends on a a sad note, but well, well um, composed. Mm -hmm. And then we do have the fact that we've already mentioned it. Um, uh, Stephen takes on the role of his father and uh, becomes the caretaker of Hill House. Yes. So he, we could say he got the probably the worst deal aside from Mel, who's no longer alive. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Or she's confetti in the wind, <laughs> whatever she wanted <laughs> to, whatever her metaphor was. Right. Well, uh, I mean, it's kind of like uplifting. Uh, that she's always she's dead, but she's not gone, like literally. Yeah. She's just gonna be with you forever until you die, and then you'll see her more again. Yeah. Also spooky. Yeah. Also, also troublesome. Yeah. yeah. She's always watching. Yeah. Go, yeah. Ghost stuff in the, the the ghost stuff in this universe ain't great. Like it's not um not not not, not a it's not, not a fan positive of thing, like. Right. This um it's nihilistic is what this this kind of yeah. concept is. I don't know. Um Um I feel I Anyway I I don't mean I don't know. I know exactly what <laughs> that's just the phrase that I unfortunately I don't know why. <laughs> I picked it up somewhere uh, and it's troublesome. It. I'm trying to stop. <laughs> But we end on a happy note. Two years later, all the everybody's reconciled. 
uh, Luke's sobriety is celebrated and everything's okay. Uh, and also, Netflix has announced that there, that there is probably going to be a season two, so... I just, if they do that, I don't want to see these people again. I do, yes, I do not, it, you know, make it an anthology do, series. Do what, um, uh, American Horror Story? You can even do yeah. that and it's fine. Um, you can use the same cast in a different setting. I really prefer that they just let, let, let these folks have their story and it's done. Yes, agree. Go with different actors. Different. I don't want a sequel to this. No, not at all. It's it's fine. A haunting is still, maybe a different house. I don't know. I what would they possibly do? I don't even. I'm not even interested in it. I don't want <laughs> any more of this. I, I I I need to I need to know what they are doing in order to be able to say whether or not I'm interested. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in like, why that they're. Oh man, I know why. It doesn't make you know. It makes money. Because of money. Hit. Uh, can't they just adapt something else? <laughs> uh, what a, that just you know what? Just adapt. Uh, just do a new uh, adaptation of Rose Red if you want. That's any different than this. <laughs> <laughs> Pick something else. Um, do you know what? Do uh, um, thirteen ghosts. Yeah, sure. I'll watch that. Yeah, the house powered yeah. by the spirits of the dead, mm-hmm. and make and it only, even spookier. And, oh, and only Tony Shalhoub can stop. <laughs> Bring it back. I'll watch it. Monk can save the day. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, let's well, let's. If you got something else? No, I don't. I'm I'm all out. Okay. Good. I think this might be our longest episode. Yeah. Um, hey, The Haunting of Hill House is actually really good, even though we've got some nitpicks with some sorry stuff, and we highly suggest that you watch it, um, if you're crazy and decide to listen to a podcast where we talk about it at length before watching it, and if you, uh, did watch it, just watch it again, you might get uh, more out of it, um, but yeah, it's a good show. There's a lot to unpack, and if, uh... If our opinions are contrary um, to what you may have gotten out of the show, let us know. I would. I'm. I'm. I'm down for like even just a Twitter discussion on, on this. On more of it. Um, yes, it, agreed. It's good stuff. It's well done. Even the parts that we may have not, uh, we may have taken issue with. Uh, they weren't poorly. Uh, not crafted, it's the wrong word. Um, they came across well. The intention yes. was good. The execution maybe flawed a little bit on the planning side of things. Like it could have used some other way to convey uh, what they were trying to do. Um, yes. But on the whole, this was a good series. Uh, yeah, good very. ghosts. Good. Um, version of like like their idea of what a ghost is mm-hmm. uh i would like to see more of that so yes. 
So while I don't really think that there needs to be a haunting of Hill House 2 or whatever they're trying to do with it, um, this idea, this, this resonates, okay, I'll do a recommendation instead. Um, the <laughs> film uh, by Kiyoshi Kurosawa, uh, Cairo Pulse, uh, mm-hmm. deals with this similarly. Mm-hmm. Um, the ghosts in that is more about um, connectivity in a modern world and the idea of always, it's not specifically online, but that's kind of what it is. It's always online, remote connectivity. You're dealing with society not in a face-by-face way, the idea of being right. alone in a crowd. Um, mm-hmm. And what that means for humanity on, on right. a whole. Um, that's what that movie traffics in. And there are some, there's a, a trilogy um, of remakes that dealt with it from a, like a Western standpoint. It, yep. It's the same idea. And I, they weren't bad. They're not like bad. Maybe River 3 wasn't great. <laughs> but, um, just watch the first film, the original Cairo, mm. and maybe in that context, you can reframe a little bit of what's going on in Haunting of Hill House, because ultimately, that, those connections, that humanity, that's also what this is dealing with, because right. uh, the, the ghosts are they're not really created because of this, but they can be because the world is different than um, what it's perceived uh, when you're at a younger age. Mm-hmm. Like your your freedom of thought and expression are easier to come by before it's been like reduced and put into a social box that right. that adults are confined to. Um. Yeah, uh, watch Cairo. <laughs> that's my yeah. that's my ending um, to this. Is what I wanted to say. Dave, where can people find you online? I'm not online. I'm not online. Yeah, I'm online <laughs> on Twitter uh, at santinot underscore plus. Um, Leonard, how about yourself? Uh, people can find me at at dr faust is dead on twitter you can also find me uh at dr faust is dead on youtube um i make videos i i i at least i used to i i will again i heard there's one in the pipeline so there is we'll look forward to that um Um, our absent host hamron night underscore yes. twitten on twitter and he would love it if you um pop by and said hi we're all yes. friendly we're all friendly chaps so um yeah I, that's the end of where are we on i think this is episode 61 somewhere around there yes um this was good we're done with uh hill house until until the disappointing season two. Oh. We'll see. We'll see what goes on with that. It, that'll be a while, probably a year, yeah. maybe longer. Depends yeah. on how long it takes them to put that together. Um, uh, well, it's good to have something done. 
I think we, yes. we bounce around a little bit, maybe to our detriment on a few things, but here, two episodes in a row, finishing up a series. That may be a first for um, for us, actually. Yes. In like almost two years of existing. Um, okay, we'll 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 mark that off the off the list. Um, next time, we are probably going to be returning to the works or some of the works, select works of Clark Ashton Smith. But we'll see. That's kind of up in the air. Um, <laughs> we take suggestions, uh, as always. Yes. So. You can use that as a excuse to, to say hi. You know, drop a little bit of something in our lap and we'll take a look at it. Um, yeah, send us mail. We like mail. Yeah. Mail, please. Or just, More mail. Yeah, just mess- DM messages, whatever. Um, if somehow you found us not through um, the website, which is probably just through Twitter, uh, but you can find all of the backlogged episodes on monsterbeamonster.com. I always forget to plug that, but that's a thing. Um, <laughs> iTunes reviews. We are on iTunes. Um, drop us a review if you like what we're doing. Uh, if you don't like what we're doing, drop us a review and tell us what you might like to see changed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that's if, us. I think. Go ahead, Leonard. Oh, I was just going to say, even if it's get rid of Leonard, feel free to let us know that that's the change that you would like. It probably won't happen, but you did let us know. You'll have to try really hard to convince me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Or offer up a suitable sacrifice. I mean, replacement. Um, Right. Yeah. Well, that's us signing off. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Later, everyone. Thank you.